listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Thursday, we usually don't start with the Thursday night game. But we got a big story here. So, what we'll do is talk about the Kamara situation and then at the end of the show, have picks and you'll see if you can keep your, what is it now, 13 and 4 streak? 13 and 4. That's strong. But let's start with that injury downgrade. Yeah, Alvin Kamara reportedly now out against the Dallas Cowboys, was doubtful, now officially out today. So, the line moves from the, the Dallas Cowboys minus 4.5 to now minus 6, minus 6.5 in some places. Yeah, so this is Dallas on the road. Now, Saints, one of the best home fields in the NFL, historically hasn't been the case so much lately. But the reality is that the Saints just don't have any offense without Kamara, Kamara. What is that pronunciation? I've, I always say Kamara. I'm going to say Kamara, just to be okay. different. <laughs> that works. And you say tomato? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, there are different ways that, that people can say different things. And, and I respect it. You know, here's an example. Some folks call it a slang blade. I call it a kind of blade. Right. I get that, but if you called it a potato, like you, you could say I mean, potato, potato. But if anyone ever said potato, you would ridicule them. No, listen. <laughs> if someone, someone who adopts a fake, a fake British accent late in life, that does cause a little ridicule for me. But you know, my accent is probably the opposite. It's 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 little Pittsburgh hillbilly. You know that 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 accent. It's hard to come by. AJ. It is. I don't I don't know anybody else I, with that. Like when the movie is played. You know when there's the very low you know low budget movie of my life. One day, they're gonna need an accent coach. I well, we've already picked Brad to play you. Well, then I'm not going to be, no justice will have been done to me. (laughs) Speaking of, (laughs) I wouldn't even try to segue. The the reality is what we're seeing with the Saints is that all players aren't created equal when it comes to how valuable they are at any given time. And what we've seen, and we talked about this, what game was that? Was that the Atlanta game with uh, Cordero Patterson? Patterson is here's a situation a guy that's been a journeyman throughout his career, more or less. This year, because of Ridley being out, because of whatever other confluence of events, when he's in the game, when he plays the game, the Falcons have a pretty good offense. When he doesn't, they don't ha- hardly have an offense. Yeah, and I think the Titans, you could go the same way. The Titans lost Henry, then they lost Julio Jones, then they lost A.J. AJ Brown, and now all of a sudden they've got literally nothing left to go with. That's the situation the Saints are in now. They've got no real skill position, guys. A.J. Brown is someone who's going to be valuable in any situation, but he's going to be most valuable when you go from zero to one 
playmaker. And obviously, there's receivers on the field. Obviously, they're not going to play 10 against 11, the Saints. But whoever it is that's going to be taking the snaps is not going to be as good as Kamara Kamara. And the reality is that that affects the line. And we've seen it. It was five. Dallas on the road, favored by five. Now, to be favored by that much in New Orleans, a team that just a couple weeks ago was clearly in the playoff hunt, if not almost a borderline, it felt like 80% to make the playoffs. Remember, the seventh spot was always a question in the NFC, but it felt like the Saints had that six spot, had that six spot wrapped up. And right now, uh, they're probably an. Uh, Mackenzie, do you have the odds on the Saints making the playoffs? Yeah, they're currently at 24%. That bumps up to 40% with the win, 10% with the loss tonight. All right, we're going to get back to this in just a minute, but let's take a quick break to the Fox Sports studios for Mr. Dan Byer, who's got some breaking news. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Guys, LeBron James is going to be back for the Lakers. He has now cleared health and safety protocols and will be allowed to return to action and face the L.A. Clippers tomorrow night. LeBron, if you remember, was placed in the COVID protocols after testing positive, but The Athletic now reports that LeBron had a back-to-back negative test separated by 24 hours apart. And so LeBron James now has cleared health and safety protocols and will be back for the Lakers tomorrow against the Clippers. Back to you guys. Thank you, Dan Byer. Gotta love live radio. I mean, when you, when you hear that breaking news, you think to yourself, what could it be? <laughs> and now we know LeBron's playing. We'll monitor the line on that game. We'll see the way that it moves. LeBron seems to get a little special treat. Antonio Brown should get LeBron's PR agent. I don't know that Antonio Brown, I don't know that a PR agent will help him at this point. Antonio Brown should just stop, you know, shortchanging his cooks and maybe people don't snitch on you. Well, I mean, listen, under, see, that's what, well, let's transition. So, with the Saints, what I think the takeaway here is this is a, listen, some things that make the news don't move the line. And this is moving the line significantly. Cowboys are clearly six and a half now, move, maybe moving to seven. We'll see. Also, and this isn't as obvious, this isn't as easy to kind of headline a sports show with, but the Saints will be missing two offensive tackles. That's been made official today. That is probably as much to do with this as anything else. And to get back to the how valuable a player is at any given time, it's going from the 0-1 to one playmaker and then 1-2. to two. And a lot of people don't get the 1-2 to two part. That's probably the most valuable. Because here's the given. There's only about five receivers in the league that, that can get a lot of yards and receptions, even if the other team makes a point to stop them. That's got to be a transcendent talent. If you put two guys, you know, one guy pressing, one guy they call it bracketing behind, very few receivers can get open, generally, in that case. You agree with that? I agree. Probably, I'd say four or five is probably a good number. So now, other than those transcendent talents, you can take away, this is the Belichickian, let's take away their, what they want to do so they have to play left-handed. So Kamara could be taken away. Now the question is, is there a second guy that now you don't have the numbers to take away like that? you got to play one either, and, and something some teams do, Revis Island, hey, let's put Revis, back in the day, on their best receiver. We can bracket and double their second best. That's pretty good too, right? Yep. But 
generally there's not many shutdown corners that can do that. So they usually double the best guy. And then now what can the second guy do against maybe their best corner? Because oftentimes they won't put the best corner with the double. They'll put the second corner and then give him help, right? And then the best corner on number two. And that's viable. But that's why if you have zero, you're in trouble, obviously. If you have one, that's good, but it's not good enough. If you have two playmakers, it's really good. And obviously, if you have three, and that's where Antonio Brown comes in, then now it's like, well, how do you stop him? You don't. So one of the things you've talked about is the value of non-quarterbacks and typically not worth more than a point. In sure. this case, though, because you're saying they're, they're so d- diminished they're around. Going for, they're going from one to zero. Well, Kamara's been out for a while, but yeah, he is their one playmaker left. You could make the point. Yeah. So now it's zero. And in general, that, that but the irony of this is oftentimes you'll see a team struggle just as much with one playmaker as zero because it's effectively the same thing because you can take that one guy out. I had to change my prop bet of the day because of this news. The- Ooh. So this is a way for you to tee. I mean, I already said you're 13 and four. You want me to repeat that? Hold on. <laughs> no. No. AJ a. Hoffman. No. His record on props is. 13 and 4. Thank you. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me ask you a question. Do you how often do you feel cool, AJ? C O O L. Fonzie cool. Oh, never. Never. Okay. I do a lot. <laughs> and I got to say one of the times I do the, the most is how great my Christmas music is. Okay. It makes me happy every time. So, if you want to comment on it at various points throughout the month, I'd be fine with that. Okay. On air or off air? On air. On air. Oh, if okay. it doesn't, listen, if it's not on air, it doesn't count. Okay. That's kind of my creed. Someone tries to talk to me, I'm like, on air, on air. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. That, that one wasn't my favorite. Frosty the Snowman? Yeah, and I don't like, like that with remix. Like a, like a kind of a, almost like a Finnish kind of like alt pop? No, I don't like that. Yeah, you're not cool. You're right. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. It's not just the laughs, it's the money oh, and the knowledge, the depth of knowledge. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I, I, I love uh, a lot of the on air talent here. You know, Jonas, alum of the show, I see that show's getting a little pub. Off of uh, Colin played the clip where uh, they were talking about Notre Dame and, you know, Brady Quinn was it seemed like the the quote they pulled was harsher than what he said. Well, he said those words, but it was kind of couched in, hey, there must have been some reason he acted so classlessly, I think was the phrase he used. But it wasn't about saying he's a classless person. It was saying he must have been pushed to it. But still, good publicity, and, and I like that. And uh, I was speaking about Vegas and, and thinking of Gottlieb, who obviously does a good job before us. And a year or so ago, I was on talking to him, and we were disagreeing about something. You know, imagine that. And <laughs> lo and behold, you know, at a certain point, I just kind of shrugged. I go, well, you know, Vegas will bet you if you disagree with them. And that's kind of the, of the beauty of it with Vegas. We can all have our opinions, but most people aren't willing to bet on their opinion. Cold cash over hot takes. AJ, you kind of struggled with that initially. I did. Because you, you had a lot of take. I don't know if, if I'll call them disingenuous. You were flinging spaghetti against the wall. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to bet you on that. What do you mean bet? It's like, if you say it, you got to bet it. 
you're, you, it's kind of settled you down a little bit. Okay, I'll take I it. I mean, do you, do you agree? Sure. But isn't that cool? How cool is it that you know that if you say something, you're willing to bat it? That is a cool thing. It is a cool thing. All right, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip, 70 degrees. The neon is flowing. Suddenly, I feel like the Fonz now that you said that. No, 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 no. I'm oh, the Fonz. Oh. You would be Richie Cunningham oh, okay. at best. <laughs> All right, RJ. Party on Sunday. <laughs> Let's take a look at Antonio Actually, Brown. Ralph Mouth is more. Oh, that works. Were you a fan of his? No. Who did you like on that show? I, I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever watched like a full season of Happy Days. I've watched episodes here and there. I never watched them in like some sort of order to what's, know what was going what's on. What's wrong with you? I, I, there's a lot of things. I'm well, not I sure guess on that. I guess it's a little generational. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, you're like what nine years or something. I mean, you're a little younger than me, so yeah. Because the yeah, I wasn't around. I mean, I wasn't there for like the first runs. But it was so heavy in syndication, and back in the day, in the early '80s, there wasn't much on syndication. For me, it was only on like Nick at Night, and this yeah, was like see, a- that's the night, and then it finally goes to the place where it's on the free apps. Right, see, it keeps moving out. Go ahead. <laughs> so Antonio Brown suspended three games along with Buck Safety Mike Edwards for a similar violation for misrepresenting his vaccination status. No pay for those three game suspension. All right, so here's the question that I, when I looked at the story, I kind of blinked a few times and I said. What about Aaron Rodgers? Why would Aaron Rodgers not be punished? Aaron Rodgers did not lie to the NFL about his vaccination status. Okay. He lied. So, the, so he told, did he omit to the NFL? Nope. So he said, listen, I am not vaccinated by your definition of vaccinated. Yes. Uh, now he misled the media into believing that he was inoculated, which, you know, I guess can have a different meeting in Aaron Rodgers' world. Antonio Brown. Well, but let's think of what inoculate. You know, that's an interesting concept. He obviously used that word deliberately. Yes, to avoid using vaccinated. And he, he said immunized. Yes, that's an interesting. Immunized. Oh, that's what it was. They asked him if he was inoculated. He said, no, I, I'm immunized to this. Yeah. Well, I think they asked if he was vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they just pulled inoculated out of apocalypse okay. now. <laughs> remember, it, remember Brando going, and they took every inoculated arm. So, which is a kind of an interesting connection to all this. The idea that in the movie, the depiction was that the natives, the locals felt like inoculation was a type of... Uh, Invasion. It was a type of you're putting something in me that I don't want in me. And and to be candid, I think to not acknowledge that there's that human thread of like we shouldn't be dictated to because everyone quotes the stuff we did as kids, right? Like I'm of the age that I don't have the smallpox, like. But it's funny. I was a couple years from you know you can I guess in a way that's I can just say you know I'm actually late thirties, but is because if you got that smallpox. Uh, you know, like a little dime-shaped thing on your arm. Everyone had that in America, you know, for many decades, I think it was, as they eradicated smallpox. But that happened when you were a baby, right? I mean, I got measles, I guess. I don't even know. But when I was a kid, I got the measles vaccine. But it was like, I didn't know it, right? And the parents are thinking, do I want my baby not to have what they're supposed to have? So I think most pa- now there's obviously a whole vaccination debate now about all about um, autism and all this stuff. And, you know, most of the scientists, or if not 
I think most is the fairest thing to say. Uh, say it's safe, and then, and again, I'm no expert at this stuff, but just by some cursory reading, there's a dispute. Right? Some people think otherwise, and some say conspiracy theory, and others are like, "Hey, is every point that isn't consensus, every point that isn't the majority, a conspiracy theory, or is it a difference of opinion?" Well, of course, people think it's a conspiracy. Theory. Well, then, that's the easiest. But that's a conspiracy theory that every difference <laughs> of an opinion is conspiracy. So I respect differences of opinion. Opinion. The only way to ever evolve as a society is to have the majority. You know, there's a in the Constitution, in the founding fathers' debates, in the Federalist Papers. There was a lot of talk about the tyranny of the majority. If the majority gets to dictate, then how does the majority ever lose the majority? They don't. Oh, you did. I mean, that's what you have in totalitarian governments. Is oh look, the despot is saying you disagree with me. Well, we're going to put you in the mental institution, like Stalin did, or whatever. Obviously, we're not talking those extremes right now. Just like with Trump, there wasn't Hitler extremes. But there are trends in which we got to say the minority, both if it's racial, if you're a racial minority, that has to be respected. And you know what? If you have a minority of opinion, that has to be respected. And I think Aaron Rodgers has a minority of opinion about this stuff. And boy, the press does not seem comfortable. With well, and I think Aaron Rodgers, he's, his goal was for it to never come out. He didn't ever want to talk about it. It's not like he was out there saying, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Wow. He was very well, he much. He wasn't saying, don't get it. Right. He was saying, for myself. In a way, I respect that. He's not trying to be, or at least he wasn't trying to be someone cheering on a side. Wasn't pushing an agenda. For his body, he thought it was. Listen, if someone's, it's one thing to say, you should do something, AJ, but I'm not going to do it. All right, because that's easy to say, right? You should do, you know, work out twenty or give a kidney to charity. <laughs> I'm going to keep both my kidneys, but you get—that's easy. But if Aaron, now the person who will do it and then also preach about it, okay, why are they doing it? So they can preach, or because they care themselves. But if you do it and you don't preach about it, you can't really question the sincerity of the sentiment. You might think they're wrong, but they're sincere. Yeah, and that's what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Aaron Rodgers decided it was best for him not to get the vaccine. He didn't come out and say, I don't believe in this vaccine. I'm, I, I think Aaron Rodgers just wanted to stay out of the whole hubbub of it. Yeah, but now once it was exposed... He wasn't afraid to, to speak up. And you know what? I think that's right, too. I do, too. Because he had to take the heat on. Now, again, he could have either side of the position. It's not about the position. I'm no, I was vaccinated. I'll be candid with you. And I had a reaction that was like about 36 hours. I felt as bad as a flu as I've ever had. That said, people were going to say, well, 36 hours, we kind of feel you know, more than kind of, but it was fluy. That's better than COVID. And I would say for sure. So I'm not saying that, that I wouldn't do it again, but I didn't really think about it. it. To me, it's like the doctor said, let's do it. I'm not sure that's the best thing. But now the catch-22 is... Are you educated enough to actually have an opinion? And no one wants to hear that. I don't think I am. All I can do is trust what other experts are saying. But now the question is, are those experts being sincere or not? To me, that's the whole thing about the O.J. Simpson case. People looked at it and said, oh, dumb people felt like O.J. was obviously, well, let's say it like this. People who didn't think deeply about it was like, the science said so. It was a billion to one that his blood would be there. Okay. And you know what? If we could trust that science in the OJ case, I agree. If it's a billion to one, that is reasonable doubt, or whatever the numbers were. It was gigantic. 
But then when you have people coming on saying, other scientists saying, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then you have an example where one of the lead detectives was obviously a racist, Furman. Now you got to start saying, huh, the scientists are on both sides. Now, obviously, the defense is going to find scientists that are sympathetic to them. And you know what? So is the prosecution. And eventually, what you got to get down to is, can you trust the experts? If you can, then I think smart people trust experts. But if you can't trust the experts... I think smart people don't. And some people think just if it's an expert, but who who said they're an expert, right? That's all. And, and I think asking those questions are the keys. Trying to debate the science with a scientist probably doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're a scientist. But if you are questioning the validity of their credentials, of their uh, lack of bias, I mean, I'll give you an example. Oh, go ahead. The, the doctor that recommended you get the shot. Do you feel, do you trust his judgment? Do you feel like he is a, a well, good doctor? Well, it wasn't or? even a doctor that recommended it. It oh, was okay. just like it was consensus opinion. I thought you were saying your doctor recommended no, you get the now, shot. No, but now what I was lucky enough is uh, Mary's dad worked for forty years as a virologist in a level four. I think it's level four lab. Literally, there's only two or three of those in the country. It's a good in. He was working like he actually retired like a couple months before COVID or he was at this would have been at the center of trying to you know find a cure. So he told me which uh, and Mary which shot to get in his opinion. So, but me, so the, the person who recommended it to you, you trust their credentials. Yes. So I did. I think it's very fair that some people well, one, I was lucky to have that connection. But number two, I think it's fair. And, you know, and this is the thing people don't want to say, but it's true. And you know me, I'm not scared. Maybe I'm a little No, I'm not scared. No. <laughs> what people aren't wanting to say is there's different groups of people in this country that have the right to maybe be a little more skeptical. If you look through history and look at what the government has done in different situations, and I would say Vietnam vets are an example of that. If you went to Vietnam... And the Agent Orange is dropping around you, back to Apocalypse Now again, and then you find out that it was known that that was a cancer-causing thing. It's like, okay, so I'm going to fight for my country. The, I'm drafted. It's not a choice. The government sends me to a place, and then they're going to bomb around me in these cancer-causing agents. Am I the next time the government tells me something? Am I going to be like, yes, you must be right? <laughs> Probably right? not. I mean, when you were you served during what years? Uh, Ninety eight to 02. Okay, so you were around. There were some obviously it's Vietnam vets that were senior at that point, sure. right? Is uh, would you say in now by definition the vets that stayed in the service? I think would be less negative about it. But I mean, what was your sense of like that group's belief system? Oh, by the time I was in, there were no Vietnam vets there was still. No, well, that doesn't does that make sense let's think about that so if you were 20 if you were 25 even 75 it would have been another so you would have been 50 so there's not 50 year olds none that i knew of because usually it's 20 years and out yeah okay yeah but you've known them i mean obviously you've known vets sure in that regard and would you say in general especially in vietnam there's a lot of skepticism a healthy distrust of the government healthy distrust and you know obviously in the black community there's all kind of searching on the internet there's all kind of stories where literally the government Government was having was doing tests on unsuspecting black men, I think, and women too in different cases. Though I'm no authority on this, so now if you, if that's the given that you have that history, 
is I think it makes sense that there's going to be questions. And you know what? I actually value what the government has done here in the following way. And we'll get back to Aaron Rodgers. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Anything controversial, though, AJ told me to say. <laughs> is, <laughs> I mean, he is the radical here. No. Well, kind of. But it feels like that, like on the iHeartRadio app, when you listen, you hear a lot of commercials about, like, are you vaccinated? And it's not like shaming people. It's kind of saying, hey, if you got questions, here's where to get the answer. And to me, that I respect. Because you know, as long as the answers are fair and correct, you got to let people question things. And to me, one of the problems in the political discourse here, and both sides do this, is if the other person questions, hey, maybe abortion should be okay. People on the right, not always, but people are going to say, oh, baby killer. Then on the left, if someone question, or on the right, if someone questions, you know, maybe this shouldn't be the case. You know, maybe affirmative action shouldn't extend this far. Racist. I mean, where are you getting at there? I mean, it, I guess it feels good if you're on the other side and shouting a name at someone, I guess. But how do you meet in the middle? I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to make, I think his haircut looks ridiculous. <laughs> I think his beard with the gray is ridiculous. I don't like that he wears a beanie indoors all the time. Now. I don't like a lot about him. I don't like that he beat my Steelers in the Super Bowl <laughs> at all. Oh, now we're getting to the okay? heart. But the fact that the, they were a wild card team, <laughs> enough already. Mendenhall fumbled. Uh, but the fact is, I'm not sure Woody could have done much differently here. And it seems to me, considering his beliefs, I'm what I'm saying, he could have went against his beliefs. Right. But to me, the way the media has been negative about it, it goes to show you player empowerment, baby, until you have an unprogressive view and then look out. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do this. Let's segue to our Thursday night preview. And then at the very end of the show, we'll let them know what the odds are tonight for that Suns game going for number 18. All right. The Dallas Cowboys now six and a half point favorites at the New Orleans Saints following the news that Alvin Kamara officially out for the game tonight. All right. So we talked about the line move up to six and a half. And I'm questioning this Dallas team. I mean, I was a skeptic coming in. I mean, Dallas typically is overrated. I mean, we know that. They're America's team. There's a premium on them, you know, half point or so per game. If you told me entering any given year, force bet, bet the Cowboys every game or fade them every game, I would fade them every game every year. I'm never going to bet them every game. Obviously, that's an artificial question, but it tells you something. My bias is going to be, my inclination is going to be to bet against Dallas. They convinced me earlier this year. I'm like, wow, if Dak and this offense is this good and his D is even 14, you know, let's say offense third, D14, that team can win a Super Bowl. 
what we've seen from Dallas is that on defense, they were a high variance, high leverage, go for the interception. If they do, it might be a pick six if they get it, or it might be a touchdown the other way. And the breaks were falling their way. As time has passed, we're seeing ah, it's evening out. That defense isn't so good. Now, there's injuries on the defense and the offense, and maybe we don't know for sure if the drop-off in D has been about the injuries or about variants going against them finally. I think it's probably a combination of both, but their D is not as good as it seemed earlier in the year. It could be even bad. We don't know where that line is. On offense, in hindsight, I'm not sure Dak's been 100% all year. I mean, everyone that watched that first game against Tampa said, yeah, he was great, but, man, he wasn't all the way. I mean, you are good with the eye test, the fan who beats the man. What is your sense of Dak's health right now? I was, I thought that we were wrong early in the season about Dak being— We were skeptical of his yeah. health entering the year. And Dak looked phenomenal for the first three or four games. But he didn't look phenomenal the first game. He looked—he performed well. He physically didn't look 100%. True. But so it looked—and and then you could also bake into that that they were playing the defending Super Bowl champions. There was Okay, maybe they limited him some. But overall, Dak was— exceeding our expectations yeah. for the first few weeks. Now we're starting to see maybe there's he's still not back to what he was pre-injury. And usually with the injuries, when you have one, you compensate. Maybe you get another one. Who knows how these are connected? You know, uh, And maybe they're not. But I'm almost certain his arm issue stemmed from his leg issue earlier in the year because it makes sense, right? You're throwing with your lower body. If your lower body's not 100%, what are you going to do? You're going to strain your arm. Sure. I mean, I'm not 100% sure of that, but I'm, I'm pretty darn sure of it. All right. So, to me, the Saints, I believe Sean Payton is as good a coach as you're ever going to see in the league, except for Belichick. I just don't know if his team has given up. You know, Simeon, how many times are you going to see him? So, but it is a good segue, AJ. You are 13-4. and four. What is your prop bet this game? Deontay Harris under 33 and a half receiving yards. You like that under? You nodded I like your under. head. Uh, Harris averaging 2.7 catches per game on the season. And he's actually beat this number two out of the last four weeks since Winston's been out. But I think with Taysom two Hill. Two of the last four. So that means half the time. Half so, the time. So what's the message? There? The message is the last two were the two that he did not. Uh, uh, so And the, the game plan has gone to other receivers ticking up in snap count with him not ticking up in snap count. With Taysom Hill starting, that tells me you're going to get a heavy run game plan from the Saints. The mm-hmm. third, fourth wide receiver, the least likely guy to get involved when you're doing a backup or a, a, a fringe quarterback is going to lean on tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. So shorter routes, passes. Shorter so routes. Taysom Hill had starts last year. Was this player on the Saints last year? He was. All right. So did you go, go back and look I at the did. numbers? And obviously, the run, there's so much more run heavy when Taysom Hill is in. And yeah, below his season averages when Taysom Hill's a quarterback. That seemed like a key point to make, right? Because I would say with Taysom Hill, you don't know where his distribution is going to go, but we kind of do because we got history, and history says, no, it doesn't go to this fellow, so repeat your bet. Deontay Harris, under 33.5 receiving yards. Okay, that is a best bet from AJ, and remember, AJ... Saints wide receiver, McKenzie says I should point out. Okay, 